Welcome to The Dispatch from Newberry Consulting Services, where we believe in building community through better management, better teams, and better business. I'm your host, Trevor Newberry, and I hope you enjoy the show. Hello and welcome back to The Dispatch. Today I am talking with Kim Lee, the founder and CEO of Forge Coworking in Birmingham, Alabama. I love how Kim is laser focused on how her business is providing connection points and a community for small businesses in Birmingham. And isn't that what it's all about? I mean, synergy is one of the intangible sources of rocket fuel for businesses, but it doesn't create itself. Spaces like Forge are helping to draw business owners in and to create synergy by providing the space and resources businesses need to get their work done. Kim has an amazingly humble and inspiring startup story, and I think her insights are really valuable for any of us business types seeking to grow our business and leverage community to help make that happen. So without further ado, I hope you guys enjoy my conversation with Kim Lee. Kim, thank you so much for coming on the show. I'm really excited to talk to you today. Um, I think that you've got some really cool perspectives for the listeners. So thank you so much. You're welcome. Yeah. Um, so why don't we, as always, start off with just your background. Tell me about yourself and uh, where you're from and how you got to where you're at today. Um, well, it's kind of a long story, but I am from Knoxville, Tennessee. I grew up there, lived in the same house my whole life, and then uh, went to Sanford. And that is where... I met my husband, and we actually moved away for a few years and then came back to Birmingham and have been in Birmingham since 06. So this is the longest place I've lived. Yeah. (laughs) Cool. So what got you uh, into the business world? Well, um, I, I always feel bad when I tell this story because I hope my parents don't hear it. But I went to Sanford, and I started out as a math major, and in that time... I realized I was not as good at math as I thought that I was. I realized that when I was like a freshman in high school. So yeah, I was very (laughs) unkind to people in high school who said they didn't get math because I did not understand, or maybe not unkind, I was not very compassionate and gracious (laughs) because I didn't understand how you couldn't understand. But I got to that point where nothing else made sense. And so I went from a declared major to an undeclared major, which threw my dad for a loop. But then I um, became a business major. And um, I honestly never thought I would use my business degree. (laughs) This is where I feel bad. Um, I didn't think I would use my business degree. I, at that point, thought I was going to go on staff with Young Life, which is, which is the high, the math was going to be a high school math teacher and work with, um, in Young Life. So, um, but I did love all of my business classes. It all made sense. Numbers made sense. My dad was a banker, so I grew up, like, learning about business, and I did love it. My professors were great. The classes were great. That's just not what I thought my path was. And so then, um, after we graduated, uh, we got married and moved to St. Louis, and I got a master's in counseling. So at that point, I'd shifted from Young Life, and I thought that I would, what I really wanted to do is work with juvenile delinquents. I'm just laughing. The story is so crazy. But um, so that was the plan, was going to work with juvenile delinquents. So we were in seminary, and I finished before my husband, and so I had a short amount of time. Wait, so business school, seminary, and counseling. Well, I got a counseling degree from Covenant Seminary. Got it. Okay, cool. So he was getting his... You're um, underselling yourself. Oh, gosh. (laughs) 
So he was getting a master's in theology. I was getting a master's in counseling. So when I graduated, I had a short amount of time to get a job because we thought we were headed overseas um, so that I could get licensed as a counselor. And in that amount of time, I did not get a job. And so at that point, money was more important to survive in school. Um, And so I went to work. I had been working in the office, and then my husband had been washing windows the whole time we were in seminary. So the owner of the company said, why don't you come and work for me and do business development, business operations? Um, I need somebody, and it'll be great. Like, I knew the company. We loved the company. And so that was when I realized I really do love business. (laughs) (laughs) So it's all full circle. Yeah. And so it was um, a window washing and commercial cleaning company, which you would never on the surface think, oh, this is what's going to make me fall in love with business. Mm -hmm. But we just served. I mean, our um, the CEO of the company was just so great. And it was very much business as a service, hospitality centered. And so... um, I just loved it. And we went through um, the E-Myth Mastery course together. So it really gave me an insight to growing business, the importance of, you say your service business and a hospitality business, like how that goes into every single step of your company. So, um, yeah. So that's how I loved business. Yeah, sure. So then the story continues, dot, dot, dot. Murray finishes seminary. We moved back to Birmingham. Start a fam- start a church. And but you a started family. a church. Yeah. Oh, we gosh. are full of surprise. Yeah. <laughs> I, he did. He did. <clears throat> we started a family. And at that point, again, I thought, well, I'm I don't I I didn't know. I didn't imagine myself going back into business, sure. but I didn't know. And so when our youngest child was um four, it was it was like, okay, I think now's the time maybe. Like sure. I, I couldn't imagine it before, but it seemed right. And so I went back just doing some business operations and development stuff, and that's when I became aware of co-working, okay, cool. just the industry. So I saw it in other cities, and as I saw it and saw that it wasn't in Birmingham, the first question was, why is it not in Birmingham? Yeah. But then like really evaluating the industry, and it really, I'm sure we'll get to this later, but checked every box of things that we loved. Um, and so that's when I started pursuing it. Yeah, very cool. It's interesting to hear you say that about business. Um, cause I actually, you know, when you say window washing and uh, commercial cleaning, you know, it, it's, I have this kind of saying that I use with people that like no one, and it's kind of harsh, but it's intended to be harsh. Is no one really cares about what you do. Business is about more than the product or the service, right? It's um, so when it comes to falling in love with doing business or uh, loving that process, it has very little to do really with the the product or the service. It's mm-hmm. about um, the logistics of it. The emotional side of it for me is really, really huge. Like, how am I connecting with people? How am I delivering value to people? How do I um, be generous with the way that I'm approaching it? So, yeah, I mean, you could be selling whatever. It doesn't matter. But it's still that process of running a business is very, uh, you either love it or you hate it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I just remember one of the things that we did, or that the the guys did, I did not wash windows, but... um, when they got to a house, every time they got there, immediately, as soon as the truck pulled in, they had to go to the door and knock on the door and just let the people know that they were there. Mm-hmm. So it's like, 
okay, I wouldn't think that's a big deal, but you know, we were told like it removes any anxiety. That a, the first impression is not anxiety. It's, oh, they're here. I know what yeah. they're going to do. So now every time a customer service rep comes to our house for whatever, mm-hmm. dishwasher, and they're sitting in their car for 10 or 15 minutes, I'm like, what are you doing? You this is not that good. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. should be at my door <laughs> telling me that you're here and what you're doing while you sit in your Business car. Business owners yeah. are the worst critics. We are the worst. Um, so you were talking about co-working, and I am interested to hear about these things that it checked off, like yeah. the, the the things that it ticked off for you guys. Because, you know, I don't know if you were aware of this, but there were several attempts at some co-working in Birmingham. Uh, none of them really went that well. Mm-hmm. Uh I'm not really sure why, because it's not an industry that I know that much about, but I'm just interested to hear what drew you to it, um, what the things about it that you loved, and then also like the things that stuck out, like, oh, this is what people have screwed up. We yeah. need to be aware of these yeah. things. Yeah. So the things that that both me, I, I say we, me and my husband, I mean, he is full-time doing his thing, but it's still a family affair. It always is. <laughs> it is my weird. wife is a nurse. She's also a consultant. We're <laughs> all in. Yeah. But no, so definitely business as a service, like our business is serving. That's what we do. Um, hospitality centered. Um, we love the idea of building community, building relationships, growing a community. Uh, with co-working, you get to um, help with job growth in the city. Yeah. You bring, um, as as our small companies here grow, they hire more people. The more people that they hire, the more money they're making, the more money they spend in the city. So it also helps with city growth. Yeah. Um, and And what we really love, I don't know that I saw this at the beginning, but or even that I saw the need, but one of the things that we love here at Forge, where we're located downtown, is the impact that we're able to have on the small business community. So just providing, not just space, but education and community and relationships for small business owners, where that is kind of missing. And so we're able to fill that role, and um, we love to be able to do that. Yeah, what were some of the big surprises as you got this open? I mean, that being one of them, but obviously, you know, there's always surprises with business, Um, but when you have a business where people are coming in and out, like there's actual bodies coming in and out every day, like there's no end of surprises. Yeah. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Good and bad. Well, one surprise, I mean, so, I mean, the whole buildup, which took a long time, and talking to people, talking to people who, um, selling them my idea. The whole time you just talk about people who have been working at home and in isolation, having a place, the community, the relationships. So that's what I'm selling and saying and believing. But then when we opened and it actually happened, and like I can remember somebody getting off of the elevator and being like, oh, I have somewhere to go. Like to see that and to actually see people building relationships and and excited to have somewhere besides at home um, was just really exciting. I mean, you know, that's what I sold, but to actually see it in real life was um, very exciting. It is is a very exciting thing. And actually, I love the space. I I come down here. as often as I can, yeah. I I, uh, I love working here. I know some of the guys that are here, but it's not the coffee shop effect. So everyone's here to work. Yeah. So you don't you have a conversation, but then everybody's cool with you saying, "I gotta get yeah. I gotta get to work." Gotta That's really cool. What uh, um <clears throat> what kind of uh, what kind of challenges have you guys run into so far? Um, I mean, I guess I should say like you, you guys are two years old, right? 
<clears throat> not quite. Yeah, we're about roughly. Sep- September is a two is the two year mark. So, so year we're about a, a year and a half. Yeah, we'll yeah. round up. It's fine. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so what? You know, there's no way that you guys have not run into some like. Yeah. You know why well, I call them oh shit moments? Yeah, yeah. So. yeah. I, um, every time I have to write a rent check. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's surprising too. I mean, I've never owned a business, and so at the end of each month, being like, "We made money." Like we, regardless of what our expenses were, like this much money came in. Like that's yeah. still very. It's yeah. exciting and it's scary when we have to pay bills too. But. Um, yeah, so I think I, I was not under the illusion that if you build it, they will come, especially like knowing what's going on here, knowing that in big cities, this is a very known yeah. thing. In Birmingham, it's not. There are more opening, which is very exciting for the industry, but still just like try, like when we've been open a year and a half and people come in and be like, I've never even heard of this before. You know, how long have y'all been here? That's where it's like, ah, you know, just the continual having to tell people and we're still very young and have to really work to continue to get the word Mm -hmm. out. And how big is your team? Two. Two? You and Kelsey? Yeah. And then we do have, we have a few people who help us after hours. Like if we have events, we try to get somebody else to come in. So we have three floaters and then we've had some interns. Hopefully we'll have two interns this summer. That's a, that's a skeleton crew. But yes. Yeah. 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 And that is very industry standard too. So just a couple of people. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's really interesting. Yeah. So, um, you mentioned that some other people are opening up. Mm -hmm. Um, do you think Birmingham's at an inflection point? Do you think that this is becoming a more, uh, understood, uh, accepted and utilized service? Yeah. And I think, I mean, commercial real estate is changing and I think, um, I definitely think there's room. I mean, I think um, there, I mean, I don't even know how many people there are out there. But what I tell people is working from home as a perk is always great. But if you have to work from home all the time, then it's just nice to have somewhere else. Maybe not all day, every day, but to have somewhere else to interact, to be with people. And as the economy is changing and the way businesses operate are changing and the way they're allowing the workers to come and go and be remote. And I I don't think, I mean, I think there's plenty of room in Birmingham. Cool. Cool. I'm glad to hear that because it's something that I I really appreciate you guys being Well, and also there's, uh, uh, I think, I mean, I didn't come up with this on my own, but from, you know, just watching the industry, watching commercial real estate, the way that commercial real estate is selling and changing is really shifting to space as a service. And so, like just a big old tower is not going to sell itself anymore. So, I mean, that's where co-working really thrives is being that space as a service. And people are in commercial real estate are looking to co-working how they're doing it and how they can come together or venture together, you know, do all different kinds of things. Absolutely. And I think that's one of the more powerful parts of, uh, oops, uh, more powerful parts of this entire <clears throat> concept is that there's a, there's a lot of synergy that happens mm-hmm. in an environment like this and or serendipitous uh, interactions, yeah. which, you know, I was telling uh, Max uh, when I was speaking with him earlier uh, that one of my biggest clients, I was at Demo Day yeah. last fall yeah. and I sat next to him, traded business cards and 
it turned into a great yeah. a great relationship. Yeah. yeah. So you know, and and providing <clears throat> more opportunities for those touch points, I mm-hmm. think, is really uh, a really valuable service. Yeah. So, for sure. So tell me about um, you know this is something that's. <clears throat> a hot topic uh, all over the place now, but women entrepreneurs. Yeah. Um, how would you say, I mean, first off, like what's your experience been and how do you think that the Birmingham community has, if you had to grade it, how is it done coming to coming to bat for women entrepreneurs? Um, I'll start with the second. Sure. Um, I feel like Birmingham really supports um entrepreneurs in general I feel like the startup community really um, lifts up each other and uh, I mean I I feel like people really want other people to succeed Mm -hmm. which is great and I think you know I often I don't really think of in terms of male and female like I don't really I don't know I don't really think of myself oh as a woman entrepreneur I should or I don't know but I do feel like um you know, there are a lot more men. And so, um, especially men who have been in the business world longer have really supported me and helped make connections and, um, yeah, really helped pave the way. So I don't, I mean, I feel very supported and encouraged and, um, by the whole ecosystem. Yeah. Definitely. Are you? That's been my experience. Yep. Well, no, I mean, and everybody's experience is personal, but um, are you doing? Have you done any work? I know you've worked with the accelerator at UAB, right? Uh Yeah. So, uh, what are you seeing? Have you seen any kind of uh, demographic or dynamic change through that experience? I like know I notice have. the change <clears throat> in yeah, the changing just the composition of male and female people with ideas, getting into entrepreneurs, startups. Just no, just see, I don't even pay attention. Isn't that terrible? That's now no, I will not, tell I don't you, think that's, I don't think that's <laughs> terrible. Actually, I, I, <clears throat> a lot of people are clued into that, and I think it's important to be aware of it. But it's it's really great though that the environment supports someone so that you don't have to think yeah about that all the time. No, right? I will tell you. So I'm also a mentor for um, Mount Brook High School just started an accelerator program for oh, their juniors cool. and seniors. It's awesome. I mean, it's like the UAB program, but it's for high school students sure. and they can get money. I mean, it's pretty cool. And there's one girl in the class. So uh, I definitely noticed that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, That's interesting. But yeah, so, but she's awesome. Uh, she's actually in my group, but um but I, I haven't noticed it. Yeah. UAB. Okay. Hey, no, that's great. And actually, like I said, it's, uh, when we arrive at a point when it's not something that people have to consciously notice as a, as a pretty, pretty good place yeah. to be. You know, one of the other things I wanted to ask is I think um, starting a business is hard. Mm-hmm. You started a business that requires a lot of physical space, mm-hmm. which is very expensive. Mm-hmm. And the Pizzitz is notorious for being more expensive than most. Um, so just talk to me about the lessons that you've learned opening the space and, and the challenges, you know, in, in as specific as you can be or, or feel like being, um, you know, because I think it's important for people that are listening to this podcast that are, are taking in information from these entrepreneurs. Um, <clears throat> two things. I find that it's really important to be able to make a connection, mm-hmm. you know, personally and emotionally, like I've dealt with that too, right? Yeah. Uh, and then to hear how you've hashed these things out, how you've navigated them, or if you're just in process still. Yeah, definitely still in process. No, but um, so I think the biggest lesson 
can all the other little lessons can be summed up in this, and I have to remind myself this all the time, is that um, everything that we go through, every hardship and every exciting thing, you go back to it when it's really hard, um, is is like the a beautifully wrapped present from the Lord with a big bow on top that yeah. is perfect for what we need at that moment. Mm-hmm. And so I have gone through several hard things and Murray just keeps reminding me like this is the perfect gift that you need right now. Yeah. It doesn't feel like it and it's really hard but this is what you need. So my favorite story that I tell people about lessons learned and hard times, because there's been lots of hard times, is um, when people will ask that question with my children around, especially my youngest, who is now in third grade. So she was in kindergarten, first grade, when we were starting. She'll say, well, my mommy gets a paper bag, and she goes like this. Because they have seen several panic attacks and they have seen mommy really cry. But I like that story. I mean, I do love that story. Like, it actually makes me kind of proud when she tells that because we haven't hidden anything from them. Like, they realize that this is hard and hard work. Like, it's emotional, but you have to work really hard to make something really great. And so, um, but the, the paper bag moments always were, were um, followed up by the, this is a perfect gift for you. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, so, and I think a lot of my, um, I don't naturally love conflict. So, most of the hard lessons have, have centered around just dealing with how have you dealt with that I've gotten a lot better yeah and what yeah so I think realizing like this is for the good of the business it's not about me it's not personal which you know but it is personal but it's still like I've got to fight for the good of the business not for me not for my name um yeah so another lesson I've learned totally different um totally different story is um, I don't know how I did this, like this was not natural, but just for starting a business, running a business, and then continuing to grow your business, I just really try to put my pride at the door and really listen to what other people are saying yeah. and really try to take feedback as humbly and as honestly as I can because I want, it again, it's not about me, like I want Forge to succeed. And so I want to take the advice and positive criticism, negative criticism, whatever, and I want to use that to make Forge better. So I really have really tried to do that the whole time. Um, Yeah, that's interesting. Um, You know, as business owners, whether you like it or not, there's a there's an awful lot of ego that comes along with it, right? And I, I don't just mean ego as an egotistical, but it's your baby. Yeah. You know, you started right. this thing. This this TV is that's yours. Yes. You know, that whiteboard is yours. You know, um, so I think that's interesting. What kind of uh, I mean, how did you coach yourself into that frame of mind? Because a lot of people, so I I feel the same way. Um, my interest is in providing an income for my family and um, <clears throat> making sure that we're comfortable and that we don't have to worry about things. You know, I don't have a physical space like this, right? right? Mm-hmm. Um, and to do that, I have to check my ego, right? Yeah. Not make it personal. Um, 
it's a lot easier for folks like yourself and myself um, than it is for other people. So what kind of advice would you say? I, I love what you said about it has to be, you have to think about the business. Yeah. Um, drill down on that if you don't mind. So, I mean, I especially think back to the beginning when one of the, my process for, you know, committing to myself and Murray that, okay, we're going to do it, was I tried to talk to as many people as I could who were in business and entrepreneurship, who were freelancers, like just anybody that anybody said, you should talk to them. I talked to anybody. And so in each of those meetings, I mean, I had an idea of what I wanted Forge to be, why I thought it would be great, why it's successful in other cities, why now is the time in Birmingham. But like I didn't, I'm also not about starting things just for the sake of it. So I didn't want to start this, like I wanted it to be a need Mm -hmm. and I wanted it to serve well and serve the people who would need it. And so, I mean, even when people told me, I don't think this is a good idea, like said, okay, why not? You know, and I just really just tried to put my feelings aside, even though it was everything I thought about, but you know, just <laughs> try to put, yeah. Literally impossible, because, but also you can do it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, cause I really didn't want to start something that people were continuing to tell me is not going to go. And then we've invested everything in something that everybody was saying, this isn't going to (laughs) work. So, um, but, but even now, like, you know, we try to listen to our members as much as we can. And some of the things we just flat out can't do and we just can't, but we try to do as much as they suggest as we can. Yeah. So that's an interesting line too. I, I, I personally have this belief about uh, <clears throat> marketing and about business that um, being helpful, being generous is, mm-hmm. it's really, I mean, it's not, I would be as extreme as to say it's not just a good way to do business. I think it's the only way to do business. I think it's the only way to really uh succeed even if you look at big companies you still see an element of generosity and and helpfulness uh even as they scale to huge huge sizes um so i i think that doing business has to be centered on this service model Mm -hmm. um but sometimes that does bite you occasionally how have you run into that and how have you dealt with that um you can go too far Yeah, I mean, I think, well, two things. I think it goes back to Birmingham startup community. People still see us as a startup, and they do want the startup to really succeed. So across the whole, everybody has been really great, and we haven't had many people take advantage. Mm -hmm. And sometimes people will um, not intentionally take advantage, but maybe try to just push the limits if they can. And so that's where the conflict part comes into play. But you just have to say, you know, you know, I mean, um, that's okay for now, but this is how we do it. So next month it's going to be this way. And just, you know, like we do try to be very gracious and put other people first. And we really haven't had many people it is good yeah so <clears throat> I want to transition into um, some questions about uh, so I'm really interested in workflow right um, 
everybody's is different. Some are more strict, some are not so strict. I imagine that yours is probably a combination of not so strict and strict. You have, you have kids, you're in a small business. Um, you and your husband both work full-time jobs. So like, talk to me about like, how do you get stuff done for Forge? Um, and this can be, uh, daily, weekly, monthly, or even just mindset, like how I have to think about it. So I have found, um, I do, I set aside two days, um, for me to work on just forge. So the interesting thing about owning a co-working space, and this would be, I am not the only one who feels this way. This is industry. All of my co-working owner friends that I know, it is all the same thing. It's very hard as a space owner to get work done for your space for your business in your space (laughs) because everybody i mean everybody comes here and they are here to work and so people come and are very productive in the time that they're here and they have relationships and they'll talk for a few minutes but then like get to work I mean it's generally not a party here all the time it is people are getting work done with the exception of they love to talk to me and to Kelsey who is our marketing and community manager and so um which is awesome which I love like I love that's why I started the business like I love it I love to talk to people to hear about what's going on help them think through things about their business make connections do all of that like I love it but it does not help with growing the business. Yeah. So two days a week I have set aside where I don't do any meetings. I don't, sometimes I'll set up phone calls if I'm at home. Um, and I do, I stay at home those two days, which is kind of funny, but, um, no, no. I mean, I work at home and it can be great. Yeah, it can be. But Mm -hmm. the days that I stay home all day, a lot of times Murray at night will be like, are you okay? <laughs> I'm like, I think it's just because I didn't talk to anybody today. So, so I mean, I clearly see the benefits of working in a space like this, just being around people, creativity, connections. But um, sometimes I just have to have that dedicated time at home to really work on things. Um, and I'm in a couple different, um, like, cohorts, masterminds that help focus and get direction um, yeah, but there's actually a um, business and life coach that I, I thought about when you asked this question, who works here in Forge, and she did a lunch and learn. And one of the most helpful tips that she gave that I do try to do mm-hmm. every day is she always says, work on new business or sales in the morning. Yeah. And then in the afternoon, then you do your day-to-day emails, just the the drudgery stuff, but don't get caught up with that in the morning when you're the sharpest and the brightest and your brain's really going like, use that for new business. So I do, I try to do that. Sometimes I get sucked into that email, but have you ever uh, read a book by Dan Pink? Uh, It's called when No, it's great. You should read it. Um, it's all about the science of timing, timing through our day, our circadian rhythms. Mm -hmm. Uh, and what you just said reminded me of that because he talks a lot about how most of us aren't really like morning people or night people. We're mostly like a combination of the two. Uh, and for most of those people, the morning is not always the best time for creative work. It's the best time for like detailed productive work. So like when you're talking about like new business, like, um, email can be a part of that. Right. So, but that's the time of the day when I need to like sit down and like 
crank out the emails to potential clients or I need to do some analytical work and Mm -hmm. where my mind is really fresh. But when I have a little bit after like the afternoon trough, like actually after I'm supposed to stop working, um, according to my wife, um, but like around five or six, maybe seven is when I, the creative brain for me starts to come, come up. It's like, Oh, I have all the, all these ideas now. Yeah. Yeah. I have to get them down now. And she's always like, why are you in the office? It's seven o'clock. I'm like, cause I have an idea. I have to do this now. Um, but yeah, no, that's really interesting. I also make uh, use of, uh, project and task management tools. So I don't, do you do that at, well, I'd love to hear what you do. No, no. Um, so I, you know, the hard thing, I mean, it's really a transition that we're going through here is that there's just two of us full time. And up to this point, we could really just remember everything in our brains and check back and forth and just keep track of it. But we're really getting to a point where it's beyond us. But then if we start working, like most recently, we've been in Trello and um, for us with two people, it's almost like it's so much work to keep up with a task management system. So um, that kind of faded away. But like for big projects with tasks, like it's nice to have the checklist for anybody to step in and see those checklists. But I have started toying with um, Notion. Do you, mm-hmm. do you use Notion? I, I know it. I don't. So I don't use and it. that's. Um, um yeah so that's what I'm starting just as a really as a Wikipedia for our business and how to store things easily for people to access um so that's that's where I'm starting to lean. We use Slack a lot. Yeah. And that helps just for Slack can be great. It can also be a curse. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes when it's just always on, it's yeah. just ding, 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 yeah. ding, ding. Um, <clears throat> I use a, a piece of software called uh, Things. And it's great for personal. It's not good for team. So I have, because I'm a solopreneur, um, but also if you were to just transpose things out of your team thing onto it, it's a really great piece of software. And then OmniFocus um, is wonderful. It's expensive, but it's wonderful. It's probably $150 to get the software, but it's a one-time fee and you're done. It's totally worth it. But I'd say we dabble with Trello and we will use Notion, but Kelsey doesn't know that yet. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, and you know, things like Trello or really anything like that is it's about it doesn't matter how cool the tool is if you don't use it. Yeah. Right? So and I found that with Trello. I found that with a bunch of different software. Mm-hmm. I was like, this is neat. I don't ever use this. Yeah. I don't navigate to the website. I don't really care. I've found that with CRM software as mm-hmm. well, where it's like I can keep track of everything. If I use it, I never yes. use it. Yeah. So your accounting software is the same way. Like all of us just, you got to find something that you'll actually yes. set down and use. A lot like exercise. The best exercise is the exercise you'll do. So if you're a swimmer, you're a swimmer. If you're a weightlifter, you're a weightlifter. So, yeah. yeah. So tell me about um, with Forge, what's next for Forge? Yeah. Or what can you talk about? Because yeah. sometimes people can't talk about those things. Well, so we are on the mezzanine of the Pazitz Food Hall. Mm-hmm. And... So the mezzanine is like a giant box, and we right now have three sides of the box. So our our goal is to, this is the first time it's been officially recorded, but we do want to expand so that we actually are all four sides. So that's really what we're working towards right now. We recently added, so we have open workspaces, we have private offices, and then we have dedicated desks. So those desks are in the open, but... People can leave their computers, leave their stuff. So we recently added, 
We added 16 last May, and then we just added nine more. So those are all filled. So those were our big push, and those are all filled. Uh, we have one open. Um, so that's our next big push is to be able to expand. Yeah, and then, you know, I, we are um, just looking at other options as well. So I definitely think Birmingham could have more forges. Yeah, yeah, that's really cool. That's yeah. very exciting. And also probably very overwhelming because it's this is All of the above. Yep. <laughs> it's fun, though. So I'm going to wrap up with a, a couple of questions just about general entrepreneurship. I know you do some mentoring. Yeah. Um, so tell me about... Uh, you know, so if if you were sitting in this room with a brand new business owner, what's the first couple of pieces of advice that you would give them? Um, one, I would say talk to as many people as you can about your business. Um, and also, um, <laughs> if they were brand new, I would tell them they need to go like if well, I think they need to go through some kind of accelerator program. So you're so I was went through co-starters. Mm-hmm. That's through create. And um, in Rev Birmingham, and I would highly, for small business owners in Birmingham, that's a great program. But any type of program like that, that just helps you connect with other people and to, um, to really work through every step of your business with somebody else, with fresh eyes, fresh perspective. When I went through a program, when I went through the program, I had already, you know, I'd done my business plan. I was ready to open but it still was just so helpful to go through it with other people who were going through it, had been through it, to have a mentor. Um, so I would say that. I would also say to try, uh, clearly, community. <laughs> I would say to try to get with other people who are in your business. So try to form some type of cohort if there's not one already with other, and maybe, you know, if you're in the restaurant business, maybe you don't want to do it with people in Birmingham, but if you can form some type of group for people who know what you're going through, because I mean, poor Murray heard a lot at the beginning when I was by myself (laughs) and he still hears a lot, but you know, it's just nice to be able to talk to other people who are going through what you're going through and, so those are just building up your community is really important um, and talking to as many people as you can. And um, you just have to work really hard. Yeah. And it's funny. <laughs> it really comes down to that, doesn't it? You just have to work really you hard. Have to work really hard all the time. All the time. Thanklessly for quite a while. Yep. Yep. Yeah. And um, they won't come if you just build it. So like it's just going to take a lot of work and a lot of relationships and um, being available and being present and, but it's where, I mean, the hard work is worth it. If you love it, I think you have to really be passionate about what you're doing. And if it's just kind of, oh, well, this is a good idea, then no. Yeah. But you'll get squashed pretty quickly by that. Yeah. Yeah. Having a, having a good idea versus being willing to own a business is two very different things. Mm -hmm. Do you have a mentor? Um, so yeah, I'm part of several groups where, um, Yes, where I can get that kind of feedback, advice, a Slack group that we have a lot of communication, and I have several different channels. So I mean, several different, well, two different groups that I'm in that yeah. provide that. Did you have to form that, or were they available to you? Um, no, I did not form them. One is through like our co-working association. Yeah, I love that. <laughs> yeah. And then another one is, um, it's sort of a branch off of that. So, but I was, got in both of them at the very, when they were just kind of forming. So it's been 
neat even to see the evolution of yeah. that. Your founding member. Yeah. 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 Well, I asked that because um, I, I work mm-hmm. almost exclusively with startups. Uh-huh. Um, it didn't start out that way, and it, mm-hmm. it wasn't intended to be that way, but that's uh, about 100% of my clients. Yeah. Um, and they, I had this need, and they have that need where it, it's just like you just described about Mary. Yeah. Abby, my wife, yes. hears everything, and yeah. she doesn't always want to. <laughs> you know, she's a nurse. She She's pretty busy most yeah. of the day, and she doesn't want to come home. When I've been sitting in my PJs all day, hammering not out talking work, to anybody, not talking to yeah. anyone, and then hear me just <laughs> ugh, pontificate the rest of the evening. So it's it's it is really important. And even if it's not a formal group, even even if it's just a couple of people that you know that uh, that you know you can go and grab coffee with and just yeah. let off some steam. Yeah. yeah, I think that's really important. And I think, um, I mean, this is one of going back to lessons that I've learned, but. I am learning and not good about is I think that's really important as business owners is to carve out that time to do that. But I most of the time just feel, feel guilty carving out time. Like, especially if it's going to lunch with somebody else, you know, who I know is a business owner and I just feel that need to be able to talk to them. But I just, tend to feel guilty why do you feel guilty I don't know I feel oh you know why do you feel um, guilty like I'm not working and other mm-hmm. people are working on the business and I'm not working but to realize that's what's working for me I mean that is making me better and that's gonna make forge better or any business the you know I'm the limit right now and so if I'm not constantly improving and taking care of myself I'm just preaching to myself right now. <laughs> hey, no, but it's, it's I, that's why I drilled down on then, that. Yeah, then, yeah. but I do. I, I do have a hard time with that. It's Everybody has a hard time with it. I have a hard time with it. And it's it's like most things where it can go, it can go too far. Uh, for a while, I had weeks where every one of my days was punctuated with a meeting at some point. And I never got anything done. It was too much, right? Yes. It was, it was, it had gone too far. Um, so that's why now I'm on Tuesdays mm-hmm. and Fridays yeah. and the other days is client work. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that we do need to have a, uh, just a fundamental frame shift on that because taking care of yourself as an entrepreneur is, it's something that you don't feel like you have time for, but you don't not have time for it yeah. because when you burn out, everything else burns down with you, mm-hmm. you know? So it's very, very important. That's why I wanted to know why you felt guilty. Yeah. It's probably the same reason I, am I feel not, guilty. I am not a good role model for anybody. I'm just going to throw that out there. None of us are good role models for anybody. Are you kidding? We're all just working ourselves oh, with the bone as, as, yeah. as business owners and entrepreneurs. So, And yeah. I do think as a mom, that's a hard thing too because mm-hmm. I'm also not going to give up time mm-hmm. with my kids and my family yeah. to go... I don't know. How do you balance that? I just don't. I just, you know, like I just always choose family. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Do you have to put any kind of like bookends around that or is that just something? Oh, no. I'm just talking about like for self-care or any, like I just don't do any, like. Yeah, but I know. For me, that's being with my family. But, oh, no, it's hard. I mean, it's really hard. Maybe in the past couple weeks I've gotten a little bit better, but, but my mind never turns off. So even when I'm at home cooking dinner or doing something with my kids, I'm still constantly thinking 
about work or what I should be doing or what needs to be done or said that I am not good at. But I, I do feel like the past couple of weeks have gotten better. And I have been told that as you own your business longer, it never goes away, but you do get better. So you do. You do. You well, you learn what is going to break your business and what's That's not. That's true. Yeah. So, you know, for me, we don't have kids. Okay. But for me, it's taking a walk with the dogs or mm-hmm. one of my guilty pleasures is play a video game. Yeah. Right. And, and when I first started, it was like I couldn't do it. Yeah. I just could not bring myself to do it because I was always on all the time. And mm-hmm. now as I've a couple of years in now, I can I can actually disconnect a little bit. I can mm-hmm. mow the yard and listen to a podcast that's not about business. Oh, yeah. 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 It's pretty nice. So yeah. I'm not quite there. <laughs> <laughs> well, in progress, in progress. You have a lot more pressure on your business than I do, frankly, because you've got a huge amount of space and you got a lot of people. I work out of a desk in my guest room, so it's a little less pressure for me. I don't have to worry about the rent every month. It's my mortgage. So <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's true. Yeah. So. Well, Ken, this has been really, really fun. I appreciate you taking the time um, to sit down and talk. I think you know one of the reasons, as I explained earlier at the top, that I do this podcast is because I think it's important for small business owners, entrepreneurs to hear mm-hmm. from other people that have yeah. done this and are doing this. The doing is also key mm-hmm. um, because it is a process, as you just described. It, it, it takes some time to get used to it. And if you don't have a reference point, like I didn't when I started, uh, you feel like you're floundering. So yeah. sharing this, uh, your experience and, and the advice that you've given, it's, it's really valuable. So thank you so much. Oh, you're welcome. Thank you. This has been fun. That's it for today's Dispatch. Guys, thank you so much for tuning in. And if you enjoy the show, I hope you'll consider hopping over to the Apple Podcast Store and leaving us a review. It really does help us get in front of more people. Regardless, thanks so much for your support and we'll talk to you soon.